0: Welcome to Financial Education for the Nation. My name is Warren Shute and how are you today? I hope this message finds you well. Um, seasons have definitely changed. It's a bit cold and wet outside my door today, so I don't know what the weather's like when you listen to this. And wherever, wherever you are in the world, um, obviously you might have a glorious sunshine and uh, keeping your spirits up. Talk about glorious sunshine. Bright yellow, shiny thing. Gold! Gold! We're going to talk today about gold and whether gold should be included in your investment portfolio Um, some people like to wear gold some people worship gold but is gold an investment is gold uh, a a contingent part of your portfolio asset allocation and should you include it so I think to answer that question we first we got to say is what is gold is it an investment Um, and once we know if it's an investment or not um should we include it in our portfolio because you know if we're going to include it in our portfolio we're going to take something out so how is gold actually performed or measured up against alternative types of investment and then once we've covered those we'll look at the actual performance history of that and then kind of conclude to see how it all runs together okay so starting off with what is an investment let's start with that what is an investment so I obviously have my own opinion on what an investment is working with clients for the last 25 years you really understand the difference between an investment and a um, either a scam or a scheme um, but one of the things that um, I did was I searched around on the internet I looked at some of the different sites and I came up with various diff- different definitions but the there was a consistent theme across all the definitions and that consistent theme was an investment is an asset purchased the idea that the asset will provide an income in the future. Okay, so if we look at that as a definition, so it's an asset that we purchase that will provide us an income set sometime in the future. And when you get into the investment world, we call those incomes cash flows, so future cash flows. So, what are those cash flows? in the future. So if we look at uh, a couple of examples now, we would all probably agree that a share is an investment, a, a share in a company, and those uh, that's an asset, and those future income streams, those future cash flows, would be the dividends, the dividends that the company pays out. Um, some people would even calculate it on the profit that the company makes, because that potentially could be paid out and the company hasn't paid it out, so it's reinvested it within the company to make the company worth more, so more valuable. We tend to see this a lot in growth companies, that they'll make big profits, and rather than pay out the dividends to the shareholders, return the money, they keep the profit within the company and they buy other companies sometimes, or they grow the company in size, so they build the company in size, making it more valuable. So that's one example, looking at a share. Um, a second example, which I'm sure is on the forefront of your mind, I'm sure if I said buy-to-let properties, exactly that. So buy-to-let property, buying a property as an asset, and the future cash flows, income streams are, of course, the um, the rents that are paid by the tenants uh, in the property. And it's quite easy to see that, is that in practical terms. The rents get paid out to you receive those. Um, the house price typically um, is dictated by the rental yields. And not many people sort of necessarily appreciate that. Um, it is done on supply and demand, I completely agree. Um, but the property price will generally keep place with inflation over long stretches. I know we have condensed periods where they've gone wild. Just like in the stock market, we have bubbles. Um but the property price generally keeps pace with inflation. That's because the rentals are rising with inflation and they rise inflation typically because wages rise with inflation and over time so we always have bubbles and extremes. But over if you average those out that generally speaking that's what they work work out to be. Uh, if you look at commercial properties, they generally are valued on the lease, on the rent. Uh, of the property, what the long-term rent is. it's You capitalize the rent by a yield, by a a percentage rate, and that gives us a capital value for the building itself. And that's a a good way of comparing um, properties like for like uh, over time. And um, it looks on the quality, the covenant of the tenant. How how strong is that tenant to pay? How likely is it likely to pay um, the rent on that? So you can see Two quite clear examples of investments, a share in a company and a property, both providing income streams. Now let's look at gold. Gold doesn't provide us any income. Um, There's no income stream paid from gold. I guess in theory we could uh, let gold out and you rent it to somebody, and therefore, when we rent it to somebody, they would pay us an income. But that's an unusual sort of thing to do. Um, if we look at gold, if we look at gold on an investment scale, not on a, um, a, a jewelry uh, basis, but on investment scale, if we're buying uh, gold bullion bars, so lots of different bars of gold, we need somewhere to store that. It might be quite high risk to keep it in our house. You know, so I'm sure some people will keep it in their loft or in their basement or possibly in their garage. It seems quite risky to me if you're broken into. There's a lot of expense there, um, exposure. So we need some kind of storage facility. Therefore, it's costing us to look after this. And then in addition to that, we probably would insure it as well. So, so far, that looks like a liability to me. I have something and I have to pay to keep it so we're not sort of it doesn't really look to be um, stacking up to be an investment okay an investment is an asset that we buy that produces us future income streams whereas the gold bullion at the moment um, is going to be stored somewhere so we have storage costs and we possibly even have insurance costs as well if we want to insure it against possible fire or theft or something like that so it's not us an income now same with wearing jewellery either on a watch or a bracelet or a ring or something. It's not producers an income. So oh, is our jewellery really an asset? Possibly not. But I do understand why people buy it. You know, if we fall on hard times, we potentially could sell that and realise it back to cash. There might be some kind of value there. So if, if gold is not an investment, then what is it? What is gold if it's not an investment? Well, let's have a look. The most common investment in gold really would be through an exchange-traded fund, an ETF. Now, an exchange-traded fund, an ETF is a company that is listed on the stock exchange, the London Stock Exchange, and the purpose for that company is to hold um, uh, investments. is investment, an investment company, very similar to, I guess, an investment trust. So you can buy a gold ETF, an exchange-traded fund, it's called, I'm just looking at my notes here, the iShares Physical Gold Fund, um, that pays no income, so by definition it's not an investment, um, but when you look at it, it's actually an ETC, not an ETF, okay, so we have exchange-traded funds, ETFs, um, this is an ETC, so an it stands for an exchange-traded commodity so, by definition of this, it's saying it's not an investment, it's a commodity. Um, and when I looked up what a commodity is, obviously you know what a commodity is, but let's look at a definition of what a commodity is. It's a raw material that can be raw material that can be bought or sold. So you can see by that we're just looking at a, a, an innate um, physical raw material, an object that can be bought and sold. And the price of gold, will fluctuate in accordance to its supply and demand. So if there's a lot of demand for something, demand is high, um, resources are scarce, the price will appreciate. But if the resources are um, vast and the supply is scarce, so very few people want it, the, the price tends to come down to a price until there's a market for it. So you've got supply and demand. Now, that's not my idea of investing for the future you know, I want to be able to calculate with a reasonable level of accuracy, okay, with with some kind of track record, how my investments are likely to perform going forward. And that's how a share is calculated, by discounting, bringing back into the present, those future cash flows, and then capitalising on the value. Whereas a, a With gold, whether it's uh, an ETC, an exchange traded commodity, or whether it's gold bars, the price of these goals are fluctuating relative to supply and demand. So gold's always been a safe haven during uncertain times. So during uncertain times, um, recessions, economic um, contractions, When the stock market retraces and pulls back, uncertainty, scarcity comes out, money tends to flow into gold because it's traditionally been a safe haven, okay? Now, when that happens, the price of gold generally appreciates in value, goes up, and therefore you've got the um, protection, as it were, of of gold um, backing you. I'm not so convinced it's a protection myself, but, that's the way it's portrayed, as a protection mechanism, uh, as, as, as a physical raw material. I think that's really where um, p- why people invest in it. But you know, you've got to remember, you can get that physical raw material, as it were, through share investing. You own a slice of a company. If that company is sound and solid, you've got assets, you're buying at a good value. When you buy into buy to into rental properties, you're buying bricks and mortar. These things do fluctuate in value. And that fluctuation is your reward for putting your money at risk in the capital markets. Okay, so you you place your money into an investment and your return is linked to the risk in which you take. And that's where the saying risk and reward are correlated or connected. If we put our money in um, premium bonds or we put them in cash savings, we have no fluctuation in price but our return is minuscule, very, very, less than 1% typically. Um, We then have the the, way the banks make the money. Typically they take the money and they invest it, but we could do that. So we take our money. We decide not to put it in the bank, but we put it into the stock market. We're going to see our investment fluctuate in price over time. And because of that, because of that uncertainty over the longer time, we are rewarded for that. So we're giving a return. And that return comes from the companies um, reinvesting their, prop- their profits, growing the value of the company, and then becoming more valuable so people pay more for it um, in the future. So you know, you've know you got another sort of angle there really of looking at um, whether gold really could be an investment in any shape or form. When something's working on purely on supply and demand, your, there's no real way of you calculating what the future of this is going to be and therefore I really sort of exclude it um, as an investment um, per se and then we come on to performance and how is gold performed relative to our other alternatives okay so we'll have a look at that next so we'll look at the performance of gold Relative or compared to the world stock market, I think that's the fairest comparison that we can do. And the reason I say that is because gold is valued in US dollars, the world stock market index is valued in US dollars, and there's various world stock market indices we can use. If it's a broad one, um, you've got the likes of the FTSE, um, all companies world index, um, you've also got the MSCI world um, index. It doesn't really matter which one you look at they're both very very similar in their returns and if we look if we look at them um, how have they performed over time and accompanying with this um you've got a chart Accompanying this video there's a chart as well that you can look at, at warrenshoot.com which will explain the 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 pattern on what how these two things have performed so let's first look at gold so if we had have bought gold back in 1986, that's just over 33 years ago from the date of this recording, 33 and three quarters, so I guess it's nearly 34 years ago, gold would have appreciated over that time a reasonable, a respectable 435%. So 435% is a significant return in isolation, but it's over nearly 34 years. And that reduces down to about a 5% return a year. So it's not done too bad, if I'm honest. It was possibly more than I expected it to do. I didn't think it was so high as that. Um, But one thing I did learn from this is everyone talks about gold as being a safe haven. It wasn't really a safe haven. It, It had its highs and its lows. It pulled back. Um, So I wasn't so impressed with its um, safety angle as much as I was actually pleasantly surprised at its return. Now, if we then compare that to the world stock market, the world stock market over that almost 34 year period had returned over 2000%. So what's that? Nearly five times as much. So it's just mind-boggling if you look at the difference. So 435% return compared to 2,000% return. And that annualizes just over 9% per year, which we've always spoken about as being the return given to the world stock market performance. So then you can ask the question, well, are they a fair comparison? Are they uh, are they fair? Well, they're both valued in US dollars, so they're both international investments. They're both widely owned. Um, I guess you could argue that the world stock market is by far more diversified. With that, you would expect the return to be slightly diluted, okay, because you're owning winners and losers. So it's a wider diversified portfolio or investment, so you'd expect it to be diluted. It's actually performed nearly double um, Nine percent a year relative to five percent a year, so that doesn't really stack up. Unfortunately, um, they are very similar in risk. You know, The drawdowns of these was remarkably similar, a lot more similar than I expected them to be. Um, the volatility, etc., it, it was it was it was a lot higher in gold than I actually expected it to be. Um, you know, I think that you, you have it that gold, by definition, is not an investment. Um, although many people will see gold as an investment, it isn't an investment. It's just um, a commodity that can be included in your portfolio if you wish. But really, it's not, it's not there for, to gain you returns. Um, the performance of gold is not in line with other investments that are available. You've got the world stock market returning just over 9% a year when gold is returning about 5% a year. But the risk of both are fairly similar. So it kind of discounts it as an investment. However, if you do want to hold gold in your portfolio, because it's not for any one person to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. You just lay the facts out and give you the information and then you're able to make the informed decision yourself. If you do want to invest in gold, then limit your exposure to gold to no more than say 10%, preferably near a 5% of your portfolio. Um, We do run one portfolio that includes gold in our our remit, um, but that's one out of, I don't know, 14 or so different portfolios that we have. Um, It's often, as I said at the beginning, it's often seen as a safety asset, a flight to safety. If things go wrong, people go into gold. And that would be really the reason that you'd be putting it in there um, i think higher inflation times people tend to flee uh fleet to gold so you, you never know a bit, bit of research that i looked into i'm just going to look at the figures now just to make sure i get it right which really surprised me as well um, we talk about this flight to safety um i'm not overly convinced on that because i i, I was looking at the figures gold had a drawdown as much as 45 percent at one point so that means from the high to the low had a retracement of 45% now if you if you listen to these um, recordings often you'll know that I talk about the stock market having a retracement of 50% um, from a high to low so give or take it's there with the overall stock market so I don't feel personally it's a flight to safety so then I then um, although that's how it's been advertised so I then had to look at the data and say okay what did the data say um, In the three years to the financial crisis in 2007, so the three years in the run-up to the financial crisis in 2007, that was a a difficult time. That would be a typical time for a flight to safety, okay? Um, Gold actually appreciated 63% over that time. In those three years, gold appreciated 63% relative to the world stock market, uh, which only uh, appreciated 45%, say only, Um, Simple um, annualized return is 15% there, so it's phenomenal. But um, gold appreciated 63% in those three years. Simpleized about 20% return a year. We're looking at five long term. You can see money was flowing into gold in the three years up to the 2007 financial crisis. Um, Okay, that's an isolated instance. Um, what other instance could we look at? We could look at the two thousand dot com bubble. That was the 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 one prior significant um, stock market correction. So in the three years into the run up to December two thousand, gold appreciated eight percent. Okay, so eight percent in the whole three years, not in per year, but in the whole three years. Whereas the world stock market appreciated sixty percent, six zero. So now you've got some kind of discrepancies and I think this is how um, information is sold to retail investors. They get an isolated incidence and they say during uncertain times gold appreciates. Hey look at the 2007 financial crisis, three years in the run-up, gold went up 63% when the world stock market only went up 45. Gold is a place to be to save your money in a financial crisis. Okay so let's look at a previous example. We look at the um dot-com bubble which was the prior significant drawdown in the world stock market I think the market retraced about 45 percent 47 percent there gold only appreciated eight percent during those three years whereas the world stock market appreciated 60 percent so I'm not sure I would say that gold is a safe haven I know historically people talk about money flying to gold during uncertain times and that might be the case but if you're an investor, investing for the long term, you want to buy investments. Um, And investments, as we've defined, is an asset that will produce us cash flows, and those cash flows can be used to value the current value of the investment, so we know we're buying at fair value. Um, Gold doesn't meet that objective, so when when we look at the performance of gold over time, gold's averaged about 5% return a year, With a maximum drawdown of 45%. So that maximum drawdown is on comparison with uh, the world stock market. But the world stock market has returned over 9% return uh, per year. So I know where my money would go certainly uh, in that example. Um, The other thing we need to look at is in the last five months since May 2019. We've seen gold rise 24%. Um, Who knows, is it on supply and demand? Is it because of Brexit? Is it because of uncertainty? What does the future hold? We don't know, and this is the thing with investing. You are rewarded as an investor for putting your money in the markets and accepting that volatility, and you are rewarded over time. We looked at the chart of the world stock market since 1982, I think it was, returning you 9% return a year. That is a handsome return over the long run. There are years where you receive a negative return and you must be sure of yourself to be invested in those markets to accept those negative returns because if you don't, if you bail out, you never then receive the positive returns. It averages itself out over time. So investing is a long-term game. Investing is a long-term game. When you invest, time is your friend. The more time you have, the better. We often say invest for at least five years, preferably seven. So if you've got less than five years, you really should be looking at cash or cash equivalents. The reason being is you don't have the time to ride out the ups and downs in the market. Um, We say seven because typically from a high to a low, it takes that period of time to recover Um, any losses. So if we were, were, and I don't think we are necessarily, but if we were in a November 2007 sort of situation now and the markets were to start correcting, it takes about seven years for it to go down and recover. Now, that's what's happened in the past. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but we've got two significant events that we can call upon to help guide our decisions. The most important thing is to ask yourself, how much can the portfolio go down before you begin to feel uncomfortable. And the second question is, how much can the portfolio go down before it affects my lifestyle? And once you get the answers to questions, you'll then be able to make an informed decision on what kind of portfolio, what kind of investment you actually go ahead with. Um, And it's important you don't take more risk than you feel comfortable with, but in the same breath, you will be penalized if you don't take any risk. Because holding money on deposit at about 1% a year, inflation's running at over 2% a year. After tax, you're actually making a negative return. You're sitting on the back foot. So there you have it. Gold, it's not an investment. Look at equities, look at funds, look at trackers. Invest for the long term, keep your fees down and stay in the market through the ups and downs. My name's Warren Shute. This has been Financial Education for the Nation. If you have any questions, please reach out. I'm still replying to all the questions that come in, although um, I do spend a lot of time doing that now, which is great, and I do appreciate it. I'm certainly not putting you off. Um, I'm here to serve you, to help you make better, informed investment and financial planning decisions. Until next time, take care.